A Focus Summary of Part 3 of Gogol's The Cloak Akaki decided to go to the prominent personage. No one knew what made him prominent. Until recently, he had been insignificant. And even now, his importance was relative to the particular circle of people against whom he was compared. But he strove with sundry devices always to exaggerate his prominence. He made inferiors meet him on the staircase— spoke to people in a grand and imposing manner, and asked as often as possible, Do you know whom you are speaking to? Around equals he was amicable, among subordinates he was silent, and when receiving anyone with the rank of general, he was completely thrown off balance, became confused, and lost his way. When Akaki arrived, the prominent personage was in his cabinet, conversing with an old acquaintance. This presented him with the opportunity to announce abruptly that he would have to wait, claiming it was no time for him to call, just to prove his own importance. At last he let him in, and perceiving Akaki's modest mien, asked him curtly what he wanted. Already fearful and now somewhat confused, Akaki stumblingly tried to explain the reason he had come. When the prominent personage scolded Akaki for the impropriety of coming to him directly— Akaki explained, sweating profusely, that he believed secretaries an untrustworthy race. At this, the prominent personage raised his voice, stamped his foot, and demanded, "'Do you realize who is standing before you?' Akaki staggered, trembled, and would have fallen to the floor if the porters had not caught him, and the prominent personage was gratified that the effect so far surpassed his expectations.' Glancing over, he perceived that even his friend was a trifle frightened. Dazed by this scolding, Akaki went staggering into the snowstorm, the St. Petersburg wind darting upon him from all quarters. The next day, a violent fever developed, and by the time the doctor arrived, there was nothing that could be done. In his state of delirium, Akaki had visions of Petrovich, whom he ordered him to make a cloak with a trap for robbers— fancied himself standing before the prominent personage and begged for his forgiveness, began to curse so much that the old landlady crossed herself, and at last mumbled incoherent nonsense that hovered around the subject of his cloak. Then poor Akaki breathed his last. He had no heirs and nothing for them to inherit even if he had. He was carried out, buried, and forgotten, as though he had never lived." A few days later, when the porter was sent from the department to order Akaki back to work, he returned to say Akaki could not come because he was dead. The next day, a new official sat in his place. But the story of Akaki Akakievich has a fantastic ending, with this insignificant man making a commotion after his death. A rumor spread through St. Petersburg that a dead man had taken to appearing on the Kalinkin Bridge, seeking a stolen cloak and stealing everyone's cloak from their shoulders. One of the department officials claimed he recognized this man as Akaki, though he never saw him closely. Complaints of stolen cloaks poured in from all quarters. The police vowed to catch the corpse, dead or alive, and punish him severely as an example. Once, a watchman was able to catch him by the collar, but when he went to take a pinch of snuff, it made the corpse sneeze so violently that the watchman was momentarily blinded. By the time he could see again, the corpse had completely vanished. 
After Akaki's departure from his office, the prominent personage had begun to suffer remorse. A week later, he sent an official to Akaki to see if he could assist him, and when he learned that Akaki had died of fever, he was out of sorts for a whole day. Wishing to divert his mind, he went to a party at a friend's house, engaged in agreeable conversation with men of the same rank, drank champagne, and then made arrangements to go and see a woman, not his wife. He was a happily married man and a respected father, but he considered it stylish to have such a friend. Wrapped up in himself and recalling the gay features of the evening, he made his way to Karolina Ivanovna's, his reflections occasionally interrupted by gusts of wind with seemingly supernatural force. Suddenly, he felt someone clutch him by the collar, and turning round, he recognized Akaki Akakievich, who, breathing on him with the odor of the grave, demanded his cloak. Like many men possessed of heroic exterior, he experienced such terror that he flung the cloak from his shoulders and commanded his coachman to drive home at full speed. Arriving at home pale and cloakless, he went to his room and passed the night in dire distress. The experience made such an impression upon him that he even began to say, Do you realize who is standing before you? Less frequently. From that day forward, the dead official ceased to be seen, but some people still asserted that they saw him in distant parts of the city. One watchman claimed to have followed him, but when the apparition turned around and inquired, What do you want? He turned back instantly. And the apparition disappeared in the darkness of the night.